Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the First Four Outdoors podcast. I'm your co-host, Avery Liller, here with my brother and other co-host, Zach Liller. Howdy, howdy. Zach, we meet up again on another lunch uh, turkey talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's uh, going to be a little bit different. We've been uh, posting a lot of turkey hunting uh, tactics, kit, um, all that kind of stuff out there on the channel. But I kind of wanted to take it in a direction where it might uh, actually relate into life and fitness in general. Uh, so while uh, Tanner, we had him on last week, and uh, you know it was a super good episode. And you know Tur- Tanner Burns is mostly known for um, being a one hell of a taxidermist, but he also you know did the U.S. Super Slam. Um, and mm-hmm. since then, it has kind of got, it has kind of got a little, it turned into something that was just cool to do, but now every turkey hunter out there thinks that they have to do that in order to be considered a good turkey hunter. Um, and so while we were waiting on him, he was, <laughs> he was like a half hour late the other morning. Um, but me and you decided to try to do an impromptu turkey talk and we kind of got on the rant about uh, people missing out on a lot of things that turkey hunting has to offer by chasing this the u.s super slam mm-hmm. and i thought it was really good timing because i was listening to a to the nick bear podcast the other morning and it was really good timing because it was talking about um learning how to slow down in order to get faster now they were talking about running um if you listen to the episode with me and Will Schoonover, you probably heard me say that 80% of all the the runs that you need to be doing are going to be slow, like painfully slow, in order to get faster at running, building that aerobic base capacity. And so I wanted to kind of um, move that into turkey hunting a little bit with you, um, talk about some things that you've dealt with, um, kind of feeling that pressure of putting, you know, restrictive, very restrictive timelines on your turkey hunting travels, um, and just stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, we're definitely not against traveling for turkey hunting. Uh, we actually, it's a very phenomenal way to extend your season and, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, uh, you know, just stick to one state might not be practical, practical because if we're traveling to turkey hunt to extend the season well if you stay in one state you're not extending the season at all you're just kind of changing the scenery Mm -hmm. but i think it's important to realize you know in a time of a digital age um you know unless you're one of the greats (laughs) nobody's really going to care if you do travel to all 49 states and kill your bird and uh, you know i think there is a lot of there's going to be a lot of regret out there for people that, you know, miss a lot of that learning um, stuff that's associated with turkey and why turkey hunting and why we love it so much. So Zach, um, I want you to, you know, dive into, you know, things that people might be missing by trying to chase these people that are, you know, 20 years ahead of them on the scale as far as like being a good turkey hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you were talking about it, how it's become this thing where if you're not doing the 49 states, then uh, 
you know, you're not really a turkey hunter. And I guess that's not a really good way to put it. But in this age of social media, digital, you know, uh, content, all that kind of stuff, everywhere you turn, someone's talking about going to a new state or someone, you know, just checked another state off the list, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's, if that's what you want to do, that's really cool. But I want to caution people that are either starting turkey hunting or starting to travel to turkey hunt. Don't overwhelm yourself and overload yourself with X amount of states and limited time to do it. I guess what I mean is take, just like you were saying, slow down, learn the fundament, not really the fundamentals, but get a feel for tackling a new piece of dirt. Don't just, if this is your first time, let's say you're trying to, you've hunted the same property your whole life and you decide this year you're going to tackle four or five states and you're allowing yourself three or yeah, three to five long weekends to do it. So trips of three of three days. I don't, I think you're going to get in a position where you're going to be thinking to yourself, man, this isn't for me. And then you may give up on traveling and maybe turkey hunting in general. I don't And then you miss out think on you would. Then you miss out on yeah. all those good experiences that turkey hunting has to offer. Exactly. So I guess I'll take it back to our first time that we traveled to turkey hunt. Went with our uncle and our dad and we allowed we allotted ourselves was it six or seven days? I can't. It was a really... whole. It, I think it was. Uh, I think we left on Saturday and came home Sunday night. Actually. Okay, so in the realm of seven to eight days, how many days in were we before we actually got into turkeys or even had a suitable day to hunt? Well, it was... <laughs> because of weather. Um, yeah, it dumped snow on our tent, but yeah, like it was. I think you like. Uh, I'd hunted with Greg for the majority of the trip, and you hunted with Dad. Um, but it was three, maybe even four days before me and Greg had one of those like light up mornings where you have five to seven birds on the roost and actually oh, yeah. are hearing turkeys, and then you didn't even kill your bird till the end of the week. Second to last day is when I killed mine. And then me and dad had a phenomenal hunt the next day and he missed. But what I'm getting at is there's so many factors that play into this, you know, limited or so many factors that play into a trip that if you limit yourself to a handful of days, you may not even get a good day at all to hunt. So you, and if that keeps going on, I mean, you're going to get pretty discouraged and you're going to be, and I know we try not to, but you're going to go on social media. You're going to go to Instagram, YouTube and seeing these guys that are, you know, going in one and two days and tearing it up and you're going to get in your head. And I hope you don't, but I definitely see that as a very high likelihood. And I just want to caution people before they get into it to do more of like a couple, it's not even a trial run, but Go with some buddies, go with some good turkey hunters, have them show you the ropes of what it's like to tackle a new piece of dirt before you just jump right into it and try to tackle all these states. But because I'm seeing that a lot with people, honestly. And uh, I think because they haven't gotten hooked up with maybe just people that have been doing this for years is, you know, you you went down south uh, three years ago, uh, two, Mm -hmm. two, three and two years ago. 
And you noticed a huge shift in the amount of hunting pressure that we had experienced in 15 or 16 and 17 uh, that I went down there. It wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. But uh, there used to be a certain type of courtesy, like an unspoken courtesy that you would provide other turkey hunters with. And I think because maybe a lot of people, they know that they're not, you know, like the Dave Owens is of the world, but they're still trying to accomplish the same thing that he accomplished. Um, maybe we're taking shortcuts and how taking shortcuts in order to get to the same end result, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and also just kind of keep on the same thing with, you know, having people that'll show you the ropes of public or new piece of dirt. Take the time to listen to guys that have been on, that have been in the game for a while, learn that courtesy and it's okay. <laughs> I know it might not seem like it on, like we were talking about social media and stuff. It's okay to go home empty handed at times, even, you know, you might not think so, but just don't sacrifice, you know, ruining other people's hunts or getting into spats with other people just for the sake of trying to be like the cool kids and kill a bird. I mean, I mean, I'm talking like this. If I go home empty handed, I'm pretty, pretty beat up and upset, but just don't make sacrifices or don't compromise with integrity and all that kind of stuff just to try to be like the people you see online. Yeah. And I mean, the people that you see online, it's kind of like if you're running a business, uh, you know, young entrepreneurs will try and start a business, but they'll try and copy the successful businesses whenever they're there because of things that they were using 10 years ago. They're not using, you know, they're not using the, uh, like, they're years ahead of what they're actually showing out to the public. And, you know, I'm sure, like, all these, um, you know, all these people that are uh, on YouTube and Instagram that are, you know, killing birds consistently maybe have done the U.S. slam. I'm sure whenever they did it, um, it wasn't like everybody's trying to make it into like a title thing um, where if, okay, if I kill, you know, a bird in every state, uh, I'm magically going to be an influencer on YouTube or uh, Instagram and then I'm going to get all these sponsorships. And I mean, that's actually not how it works at all. And I'm pretty sure whenever they did it, it was just something that they thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're doing it to just do it, you know, tell yourself like, Hey, I was able to, um, match all these different terrains and outsmart, you know, a bird on the day he was supposed to be outsmarted. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, that's up to you. It's kind of like, um, you know, like if I was to run an ultra marathon, right. Um, if I'm doing it, to get a pat on the back or a good job or, you know, to get attention. Well, it's not going to help me whenever I'm 25, 30, 40 miles deep in a low point. Um, it's not going to help me cross that finish line. Like I have to have another reason why I'm doing something be, um, like, cause at the end of the day, no one actually cares that I can run X amount of miles. That's all, that's all up here for me. That's my confidence boost. But, um, yeah, first, you know, if you were going to tackle the U.S. Slam, um, you know, there's absolutely no problem in dragging it out 40, 
60 years if you want to. And honestly, like if you were going to become an actual legendary, um, knowledgeable turkey hunter, I would think you would want to, you know, invest a week, you know, three, four days at maybe even multiple trips in the same state in one season to really get to soak in everything that that location might have to offer in order to Mm -hmm. actually become a more knowledgeable, experienced turkey hunter. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So um, I had some... I was just driving, I was listening to a podcast this morning and I didn't even remember like any of the, um, episode at all. Cause my brain was just, it was rolling way, <laughs> way faster than it is right now. But, uh, you know, we live in a, you know, an unprecedented time in history. Um, everybody has a voice. Everybody can look at somebody's page and see what they think is reality. And I mean, this, this, uh, dabbles into hunting, uh, fitness and health industry. I mean, everything, American culture, but there's been a, uh, a work and grind culture that has been ingrained in everybody. And I've, I've been a victim to it, uh, time and time again, where you'll have people, you know, that are saying that you can only be successful if you wake up at you know, three, four in the morning and grind every single day. Don't miss a day off. And, uh, you know, back to that whole slowing down thing. Um, you know, there was, there was a time before I had kids that I probably went, you know, three, four years and I might've taken 10 days off total. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just grinding. I was getting in the gym at 4am. I was, you know, running more miles than I was at the time capable of running, but the, uh, my mental toughness was pushing me through it. And I actually wasn't seeing the progress that I should have been seeing for the amount of work I was doing because I was actually working too much. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had kids that, uh, forced me to slow down. And that's whenever I realized that you can actually be way more productive and progress farther <laughs> If you allow yourself to tackle certain um, certain goals from different perspectives, like if you put as much effort into focusing on, let's say, your recovery or your nutrition or all that stuff as an equal to the amount of work that you're putting in, you can actually get just as far or even farther than you were if you were grinding nonstop. And there is, there's this thing, I don't know who, I think I was reading the book Relentless uh, by Tim Grover. And it said, you and everyone likes to talk about grinding, 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 grinding. Well, if you're always grinding without an artistic or uh, sculpting type mentality, the only thing that occurs from grinding is you get a giant pile of dust. Okay, so then that kind of brought me down the rabbit hole of thinking is is a ridiculous metaphor, but um, I was thinking about, you know, whenever you're building something, like let's say you have some raw steel, you have raw steel plates. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that raw steel worth? Probably nothing. 
whatever the amount of pounds is for whatever that steel's worth. But what if you take what if you take a grinding wheel and you shape it a little bit? Then you learn how to weld. Then you start welding those plates together. Then you start um, turning it into, let's say, a firebox for a, a wood stove, right? Then you add, then you add some some polish or some uh, like stove paint, and then you add some drafts to regulate airflow, meaning like you understand how much how much momentum or motivation or discipline that you need to add, you know, to the fire when the fire is your internal drive. And then a lot of people, and then you have, um, you know, the wood, which is the type of fuel that you're putting in your body. Um, and that dictates how hot the fire is. And then that goes back to the drafts, being able to regulate that momentum or whatever. And then I was thinking about it even deeper and if you think about it, a lot of people stop, like, uh, you know, the term big fish in a small pond. You know, a lot of people stop at that old school, you know, wood stove. Uh, their, their burn efficiencies are super, super low. They don't actually burn wood very efficiently. They let out a lot of pollution. But then whenever, but no one, a lot of people are not willing to upgrade themselves into that, like, let's say, high-efficiency stove where you have, you know, an afterburn system, where you have, uh, where you have like, a catalytic converter, where you have all this stuff where they're able to take, you know, good, clean wood and then almost emit no smoke, but they heat up your house way more efficiently than, like, let's say, an old wood stove. Now, mm-hmm. this is – I don't know if this metaphor makes sense, but, like, the high-efficiency stove would be, like – your your greats or your legends, your Michael Jordans, um, people that take every single factor into account, understand the process. Because if you take, like let's say you take uh, crappy wood or garbage or whatever, it's going to ruin that high-efficiency stove. So once you adapt to a certain lifestyle or training, you're not as <laughs> – you're a lot um, – I don't know, you're changed forever and you can't go back. But that was just something that was really going through my mind while I was driving one day, and I thought that I would, you know, put that out there. But, um, you know, as turkey hunters, you know, there's a lot of things that we crave, and that's probably why I mean you like it so much, is whenever you're turkey hunting, it's not about the kill. You know, like Tanner said on last week's episode, um, you know, you can – it doesn't matter if it's a two-year-old or it's a six-year-old. Like if it's a if it's a mature bird, you know he's getting mm-hmm. he's getting the the pellets <laughs> thrown yeah, at his sure. face. But so it's much more than the kill itself. It's the experience, and by chasing just uh, kills and promoting, you know, kills are the only thing that matters. We're definitely losing a huge part of what makes that hunting experience so unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that can be applied to pretty much all aspects that at least we're uh, interested in and involved in. I mean, if you don't kill a big buck every fall, you're not a deer hunter. If you don't kill X amount of turkeys every year, you're not a turkey hunter. If you if you don't look jacked, you don't work out, if you can't run this far, then you're, you know, a poser, all that kind of stuff. It's just 
the finish line or the goalpost just keeps getting moved farther and farther away to where only the best at it get any sort of recognition and everybody's chasing that and they can't be satisfied with where they're at, which I mean, we're always talking about striving to be better, but you know, if you're always beating yourself down and you don't, you know, feel a lot of self-worth, then you're going to be in big trouble in the long run when you're comparing yourselves to all those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely important to realize like while you're out there, while you're out there in the first place, um, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's good to, you know, slow down for a second and watch the sun rise instead of, um, you know, chase mm-hmm. that first bird that you hear up on the roost. You know, yeah. whenever, you know, you start chasing the first one you hear, like uh, me and Greg did one time, uh, we had roosted a bird the night before, knew exactly where he was, and we got up on the ridge top the next morning, and there was one off to our right about a mile away, that hammers off first and you know what we do we we go after him through the nastiest property you could ever imagine and then you Mm -hmm. and dad are a ridge over and you're just you don't even go after this bird because you're like there's no way in hell that they abandon this guy but if we had just slowed down and Mm -hmm. assessed the situation taken uh like let the maybe the morning play out just a little bit more you know that could have ended in a kill. I mean, he was ready. <laughs> he was ready that day for sure. I mean, we talk about, you know, running and gunning, hitting the ridges, all that sort of stuff. But one thing that we haven't really talked about, which is an extremely uh, vital tour aspect of turkey hunting, is having the patience. I mean, yeah, we want to go to that goblin turkey, but if you know for sure that there's birds around you, you know, take the morning in a little bit. I remember watching a video. It was uh, Mike Pentecost of Woodhaven. I mean, people have different opinions of him and all that kind of stuff. But he did make a good point the one day he was hunting. He's like, you know, just slow down a little bit. You know, take a good drink of water, eat a snack, something, and just let that bird do what he's going to do. Because, I mean, he might fly down, have that one hen, and he might breed her really quickly, and she goes on her way. And the next thing you know, he's extremely vulnerable when you're within 200 yards of him. And, you know, just, uh, yeah, just slow. I mean, we keep saying slow down, slow down, but have the patience when you're out there and just let, you know, use your head. I mean, yeah, that bird might be goblin, but the time you get there and he's a mile away, he's probably already hinned up or something. Just let the morning materialize. That's mm-hmm. probably the best thing to do at that point. Yeah, whenever we say the word slow down, we're not meaning i mean this is like all all facets of life turkey hunting running lifting whatever it's not a, mm-hmm. an excuse to be lazy but it's it's just a uh it's just a way of looking at your goals and ambitions differently rather i mean the easy part the easy part is putting in the work right mm-hmm. it's actually way more difficult uh for me to pump those brakes a little bit and make a right or a left rather than just keeping on the on the path that I'm on. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm good at being uncomfortable. I'm really good at being uncomfortable. But it's very difficult for me to be like, actually, it'll benefit me, you know, twofold if I actually, if I don't run these 10 miles today and I recover 
so that way tomorrow or the next day I can pump out a better workout, you know, on like if it's Saturday, I'll pump out a better workout on Monday rather Mm -hmm. than run Saturday, have a a pitiful workout on Sunday, and then I still have a pitiful workout on Monday, and then I still have a pitiful workout on Tuesday just because I'm not recovering. And I wrote this down on my phone this morning. Um, You know, there's two types of things that can occur. And, well, there, I guess there would be three three scenarios where there's the regular person, and they're being told to grind, 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 grind. Well, you're actually going to get, for point zero 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 nine percent of people or 1% of people, the grinding is actually going to put you farther behind than those people that are assessing a situation and thinking tactfully um, about mm-hmm. how to get there. The point, the point like 99.9 or, you know, there's outliers out there. I would say, uh, you know, there's this, you know, there's outliers out there where they can, that they actually have the physical capability of their bodies adapting to that insane amount of workload. And then they actually start improving because their body is in a survival mode and they know nothing but to improve. That would be like the the Cameron Haynes's or uh, there's actually a woman out there, the one who invented the 200 miler. She's like, I think she's like at 150 days running through 32 miles a day right now, 150 days straight. And she's actually getting faster as it's going on because her body has made that dramatic uh, shift to, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. (laughs) Um, But for the majority of people, like I said, unless you're an outlier like that, it's much much more beneficial to, you know, create your own goals, maybe be unique <laughs> and start putting in work in a strategic way rather than trying to fall into this grind culture, which I have fallen down the hole many, 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 many times. Oh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, the one thing for me talking about uh keep pushing, pushing and pushing it, the one that thing the one thing that sticks out in my mind as far as my training, I mean for years and years I've been obsessed with a with a high bench and through all that time benching two, maybe even three days a week, you know, going heavy, I in in doing that the last several years have been playing catch up because I've been dealing with these nagging injuries and everything like that. So just trying to be smart whenever we're trying to reach goals and not, you know, sacrifice our long-term health is something that, I mean, we all kind of struggle with during this whole ride. Yep. And, you know, back to turkey hunting, you know, you know, we get the rest of our lives to turkey hunt if we're fortunate. Hopefully. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I want to be, soaking up every single morning that i have the privilege of getting out um Mm -hmm. you know so it's it's good to just um reiterate that you know social media is a isn't the real world and uh you know you don't always have to do what the person you see on youtube is doing um you know it's good to bring a little bit of uniqueness out into the world instead of you know like uh Kenny said in that one episode, every turkey hunter now has their own uniform. Um, the official uniform <laughs> of the modern turkey hunter. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, just think outside of the box a little bit. Um, you know, if you do want to be 
like Dave Owens, which he's a phenomenal turkey hunter. I love watching his episodes. But it, it's if you want to be like him, you're not going to get there within one to two seasons. It's probably going to take until you're his age, probably longer, unless you think about turkey season 12 months out of the year, which most of us don't. Yeah, with, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, I think about deer hunting too, so. or Oh, I yeah, have, I, have, I mean, I. Yeah. Yeah, from, I mean, from July to November, I mean, it's, I mean, whitetails are at the forefront, but turkeys always have a special place throughout the year. But, yeah, they take not a back seat, but maybe a passenger seat during that time of year. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, I just wanted to get on here super quick, uh, get on a little bit of a little bit of a rant or a soapbox. I don't, I don't really think we did any kind of hating. There's no hating on this page, but uh, no. yeah, we just wanted to make it aware, you know, that just you take precautions whenever you're trying to be like your favorite social media influencer. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be your own person sometimes. Right. All right. Well, Zach, I hope uh, you have a good rest of your day, and I'll talk at you later. Yeah, man, good talking to you. Yep, bye. See you.